Hello and welcome to the Happily Married and Happily Divorced podcast. I'm Audrey Miller. And I am Marsha Peterson. We are so happy that you are here with us today listening and tuning in to whatever we're about to share about communication, which truly is, in our experience, the foundation of every relationship in our life, from parenting to family, friends, whether it be a work relationship, a partner, an ex-partner, communication can honestly make it or break it. Absolutely. And we've been talking about different forms of communication and how we've grown in our communication. Um, I always love hearing the different tools that Audrey's used with her children and how she's connected with them at a deeper level. And one of the things we commonly hear from parents or friends of ours um, with kids is you'll hear this like, oh gosh, you know, this one child is very spirited. Um, Or I'm, they are really share their opinion (laughs) when things don't go their way or, right. It's like Mm -hmm. always this big, you know, and, and being a parent of a, both a girl and a boy, we, Mm -hmm. I definitely have seen those big personalities and it's, it's interesting how we receive Mm -hmm. the big personalities. Right. Um, I've always admired Audrey ever since we first met because she, has always celebrated her daughter's big personality yes. and her big creativity and usually would just take them to the top of a mountain to work through it, which, by the way, if you don't have a mountain near you, you could find some long walking exercises. Mm-hmm. It yes. Usually, yeah, when Lauren was younger, she used to run away a lot mm-hmm. and to the point where we didn't like we're like oh you know she's like i'm out of here i'm done like she'd be like i'm do you have any money for the bus i'm like sorry can't give you money you know we'd let her like get her sleeping bag and the backpack and like mm-hmm. go for it and eventually over time we're like lauren do you just need to go for a walk mm-hmm. like because if you think about it right you know kids run away because they don't have the ability to have freedom to leave the home right to work through their emotions right right so I mean I think everyone listening either had a sibling or maybe it was themselves or a story of someone who like oh that kid ran away a lot like maybe they just needed exercise right (laughs) yeah or space to process or space to process right a lot of times when we are in any type of relationship with anybody if, if especially if it's like intimate family somebody that we care about if they're struggling, then, I mean, we kind of want to help them, right? And a lot of times, the most helpful thing to do is to offer space and not take whatever they're going through personally. Which is, like, one of the pillars we wanted to talk about. We were we were talking about how both Audrey and I have a foundation in our philosophical training of the four agreements. It's basically how we function (laughs) it writes our ship on a regular basis and Mm -hmm. it is a philosophy it's not I mean the four agreements are you know be impeccable with your word don't make assumptions don't take anything personally always do your best and it's like when you hear that it seems like okay it's pretty straightforward but to actually implement it and put it into practice and then to shift that point of view and that perspective and to revisit it over and over again like after my first 10 years of practicing the four agreements and the depth it would take me to, but my most favorite part of it is it brought me back to me. Right. My personal accountability, which is, I think a, it probably when we have miscommunications with people, we want to hold that person accountable because we're so frustrated. Right. But to get to the point where you can hold yourself accountable in the communication um, or understanding your boundaries, whatever that communication is opening up. I mean, it's one or the other, right? 
But it is really interesting how we do both have that background in the four agreements and, right. and how we've used that. Um, and so Audrey and I are talking about like not taking things personally. Right. Yeah. And of course, the greatest teacher is experience. Um, so when we have experiences in our life that are painful, that may trigger us, um, that we may feel frustration or sadness or anger or fear around, um, that is a great time to pause, take a step back and look inside and identify what is this triggering within me. And um, the overall generalization of that whole experience is like, hey, let's not take this personally. Like, let's look inside and see what I can potentially heal within myself. So if you're struggling in a relationship, whether it be um, with a child or with a spouse or a co-parent or a work relationship and communication seems to just not be flowing, um, seriously, one of the greatest tools is to take a pause, take a step back and to take a look inside and just to realize in general, I mean, just in humanity, what people present on the outside externally towards you has nothing to do with you. How we treat people is more of a reflection of how we feel about ourselves than how we feel about that person in our life. So, and that has probably been the biggest gift Mm -hmm. to give to my children Mm -hmm is that they are finally to that point where I'll say, like if somebody is misbehaving in their life or has treated them unkindly or someone's behaving in an unkind way, I'll say to them, like, is that because something you did or a reflection? Like how would Mm -hmm. would I say to them actually to help them understand that point? Because that's a big point for an 8-year-old or 12-year-old to comprehend is I'll say, how would you have to feel inside your body to Mm -hmm. talk to someone that way mm-hmm. and they will both say awful right right and so that's what's guided me the most so again the example here is if someone's treating you badly you know what is it that they're feeling because what people do and say is about them not about you now so much easier said than done oh yeah trying to work. put that into action has been the best work I've ever done in my life but it's been the most um definitely the most challenging work and it's so, I've always chuckled at the end of the work because I'm like, oh, this is my problem. Right. Right. <laughs> and that's where I'm like, that's where you find freedom. Yes. Right? When you're like, oh, this problem actually resides yeah. with me because either it's creating so much pain and no matter how much hard, how hard I'm trying to fix it, it's not getting better. Right. That maybe I just need to set a boundary right. versus like beating my head against the wall because right. maybe I need space in this area. Right. Or... Maybe I need to re you know approach it in a different way mm-hmm. to find a you know a a possibility for alignment. Right. And at work, I feel like that's the way I've always worked with my clients and on my projects. Like is to look for alignment, mm-hmm. but it's then taking that to a whole nother level of I can align so far, and then there's stuff I'm gonna have to let go of, mm-hmm. and then there's things that I'm going to have to know. Like I can lead that. Mm-hmm. That's bigger than me. Right. You know, and being able to decipher those different pathways mm-hmm. when you're in, like, it's really the key stakeholders. Mm-hmm. I was talking about that a lot at work today, but mm-hmm. that's the same thing at home. Like, mm-hmm. our kids are key stakeholders, right. and how our afternoon is going to go. Right. Is it going to go in a good direction or a poor direction? And is our reaction to their reaction going to take us backwards? Right. <laughs> or are we going to invest and go forward? Right. 
yeah, it's powerful awareness to, to have. And then it does, it takes really intentional effort to, um, to take those actions, um, in those moments with, with any type of communication or awareness. And I mean, if I, in my experience, if I react on impulse or as with an emotional reaction, like that makes me angry or that offends me or that terrifies me or that pisses me off, you know, then it's just escalated and, Mm -hmm. and, um, and the clear communication is out the window. And thankfully that's not like the foundation that I live in anymore, but I mean, being happily divorced certainly wasn't because communication was, um, you know, really that great. So I, I truly honor and value the lessons learned over time. And for whatever reason, I ended up in a four agreements, 10 week class that they offered here in town, which I just think is so funny. Nothing is ever random when things come up and they happen at that timing. It's, it's just, it's in sync with the growth that we're meant to discover at that time. If you're listening to this podcast, it's in sync with, you know, the growth that you're experiencing in this time. It is like everything happened. It really happens for us when we just take the actions in life. And, um, going back to what Marcia said earlier about not taking things personally, um, but really having more of a, a curious mindset around, around um, you know, what, what that's stemming from and then having compassion, which is what Marcia was alluding to a few minutes ago about identifying or maybe just thinking about what it must feel like to be in a position of, of you know, um, spewing pain or hurt to somebody else, like having compassion for that hurt. Um, and then just, you know, pausing like pausing is so powerful you don't have to respond to that email (laughs) for 24 hours well one of the things I always bring up my dad because he just gave me so much wisdom but one of the things that he always told me you know because he would be the first one I'd call if I was really mad about something and he'd just be like hey wait 24 hours before you respond he goes most of the time you're going to realize it's not a big deal it's probably resolved itself you know or you'll have a much more clear and kind way to communicate what's important to you and um, that 24-hour rule has saved me so many unnecessary arguments um, or disagreements in, t- in my life and probably saved a lot of pain from being caused unnecessarily too because it doesn't feel good. Well, and it's interesting because you can remember the time when you didn't wait 24 hours and it's an addiction. Yeah. It is an addiction for instant gratification and that yeah. gratification is usually pain. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really interesting how like yeah. by... Or it's like, what pathway do we need to be on, right? Like, so if we're unloading pain and we're not getting, like, that reciprocating message, like, yeah. do we need to take it elsewhere? Right. Um, do we know how to take it elsewhere? It's interesting. But I wanted to even capitalize on just, like, our children, right? So if our kids are behaving in a certain way and you find that you're triggered by it, like, when you say take that pause... One of the things that I started doing, I think when Lauren was four, is I would just bust out a triangle yoga position. Yes. And it would like disrupt everything. Mm -hmm. One, it would change my disposition Mm -hmm. because I would be in a triangle Mm -hmm. and it (laughs) would get my kids like being like, mom, what are you doing? Or it would change the subject. It would change. I would just, I had, but I physically had, and I talked about this with my therapist. I'm like, I need to snap myself out of it. Yes. When I get into that space. So like, I mean, what Audrey and I are talking about, I think we got to kind of think back, right? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of the way we're functioning in this proactive communication Mm -hmm. with our families where we're in a peaceful, productive environment, 
you got to think about what did you do to get there? Mm -hmm. You know? And I mean, I did, I had to do like crazy things Mm -hmm. Um, because people will be like, Oh, take 10 deep breaths. I'm like, how do I actually remember to do that? Even the, the yoga was good for me because it was so random Mm -hmm. and it, it didn't necessarily make me like take a breath. I think a lot of times growing up as a kid, like people will tell you, Hey, just take a deep breath. So I didn't, I didn't have like a positive feeling. Mm Right. I'm like the breathing, even though the breathing's magic right. and amazing. It was like something that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, so like jumping into, so and, and it wasn't necessarily always when I was triggered, but maybe when I was feeling not great feelings or I think a lot of it was when my, I was giving my kids a bath and like my whole day would kind of settle in mm-hmm. on my shoulders mm-hmm. and I'd feel overwhelmed. I would just do some yoga while they took a bath, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it would just, but it was new. Mm-hmm. It was different. And like, I think that's the biggest thing with our communication is if we continue to repetitively do the same things over and over again, that is the definition of insanity. Right. But we're not creating new consciousness right. and awareness and right. we're not doing anything to shift mm-hmm. that awareness. Right. Yeah. You bring up a really good point about, um, you know, really self-care and, and how giving ourselves that space and that pause is is allowing us to heal and recreate a new reality because really, um, you know, recognizing that, you know, I need to take a 24 hour pause instead of like calling my brother back and just like reaming him a new one, you know, because of whatever I feel is the right justification in that moment. Instead of, instead of like making that phone call and trying to like control or manage my way into like a peaceful outcome, manipulate whatever, just to feel okay inside. I used to do that all the time. Um, it's hard, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to take a pause and I'm going to go write in my journal and take a bath. And No, like that's not what's happening. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to feel these feelings for a little bit. I'm going to, you know, do some of my self-care tools that make me feel good and help me get out of that. And a lot of that is in the door for endorphin release for me it's exercise it's activity it's that's just like moving meditation that's not everyone's jam going for a walk outside you know phoning a friend asking them how they're doing to get out of your own head you know doing mm-hmm. something for somebody else to shift that perspective in your brain um is is huge um whatever it is it could be art it could be playing with your kids it could be playing with your dog I think the biggest thing is disconnecting from the negative addictive reaction exactly and I think that's something people don't talk about. Like, right. oh, when you're triggered, how do you behave? Or, right. you know, and everyone kind of has those. I mean, you can think back to like, I mean, we didn't have text messages when we dated or, right. we're, you know, but there's been like dysfunctional things that we've done right. as humans. You know, I think my biggest thing is when I'd get in a fight, I would bolt. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just, I mean, it sounds like Lauren, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for a walk, which the right. universe was saying, you need to go work out. Right. But I would. I would need to just, like, flee mm-hmm. the situation. My dad would do that, too. Like, if he felt too overwhelmed, he'd be like, I'm just, I'm leaving the room. Because mm-hmm. he, would, you know, would be so overwhelmed with emotion. And I think, um, you know, as a kid, I was everyone's keeper mm-hmm. for emotions. Like, mm-hmm. I was always there to create space for them mm-hmm. to feel their feelings. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes would not do the same thing for myself. Right. Like, I would just, like, for my dad, I would constantly, like, okay, I'm going to drive you to this football game. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And, like, organize the weekend and make sure everything's where it needs to be. And my mom would kind of be in that same area. Mm-hmm. And, like, so... It is. It's just like who, like I felt like I did create a lot of space for everyone to participate in their roles. And then I, 
I didn't always feel like there was that space for me to participate. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I think that's when I would kind of like blow up, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I felt like exhausted Mm -hmm. or overwhelmed Mm -hmm. or this has all been, I've been acquiescing to your every need and like you haven't asked me how I am today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like, and and it's not on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, a lot of times in certain families, like if somebody's job can like suck all that energy, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same thing. Like with any jobs you do that are demanding, mm-hmm. and I talked about this with my friend Rob, like part of that family suffers mm-hmm. to help that person be successful. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's it's interesting. I mean, my family's made sacrifices so that I could do my job. Right. And I make sacrifices by waking up at 4 a.m. to do my job yeah. so I can do my job yeah. at the hours I do. But it is, um, it's just trying to find balance in that. And, it, and it, that's not been easy. I mean, when Sean and I first moved in together, I would work an obscene amount of hours. And mm-hmm. I have worked from home since 2005, right. you know, pre-COVID. And, and um, I didn't have a good way to leave my office right I didn't know how to turn off the computer you know so we had to learn how to communicate through that right if I was in a deep focus and he just walked in my office I'd be like what are you doing right you know right (laughs) so it was just like we had to kind of get to the point like if my door is open I can handle it if my door is closed I can't right yeah I know I love that and that's I mean gosh that's like speaking of your physical door but also that brings up a good point that if there is something important to communicate with somebody that may be, you know, a difficult conversation. I like to gauge, is their door open or is it closed? And I'm talking like emotional. And, and because if we go in with an agenda, if we go in like needing something or like this is the time, it might not be the time. You know, maybe it's, maybe they've had a long day. Maybe they're stressed out about something that's happened. Maybe they haven't had an opportunity to have some self-care for themselves. So like letting things flow a little bit more naturally with communication, especially for those hard conversations, um, when they're ready to receive, when their doors open, then it's usually much more productive and a lot softer. Well, and meeting people where they're at. And that's something that you've always said is like, are you meeting them where they're at? And my friend Heather said that too. And I think once she said that, I'm like, that's powerful, Mm -hmm. but that's mindful. Mm -hmm. Right? So you might have a big agenda from your day. And there are those friends where you can be like, hey, can I share this with you? But Mm -hmm. you're asking permission before you're unloading. Or is this a good time? Is this that versus just unloading? Right. And it's that mindfulness. And... um. A lot of times when we go in with that big agenda and we're not mindful, that's like boundary cross number one that's yes. going to go down that messy road of yeah. miscommunication. But there's always something where, you know, and even that impeccability, mm-hmm. like I notice when I'm not being impeccable at work because I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. I try not to verbalize like all the things I'm going to do that day because mm-hmm. my day could turn like 18 different directions. Mm-hmm. And if I am not being impeccable, like I'll be in a meeting and be like, I don't feel like I've been too impeccable. Mm -hmm. Like these are the things I committed to. These are the things that I said I would do on this date. It's not going to happen until this date. I'm just following up because Mm -hmm. I want to be impeccable with my word. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when I'm not impeccable and when I overcommit, which Mm -hmm. a lot of times we do overcommit to things, especially Mm -hmm. during the holidays, Mm -hmm. it creates a necessary anxiety and a misalignment. Right. Because now you've created a set of expectations that does not exist. Right. And I mean, even sitting down with my kids, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just was laying in bed on Saturday or Sunday, I forget what day it was, but I was like, oh my gosh, like 
how many gifts do my kids expect? <laughs> yeah. Right? And just landing on that number of seven. Like, mm-hmm. okay, one or two from each, yeah. you know, from yeah. each grandparent. Yeah. You know, three or four from mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Like, let's fall on seven. <laughs> you know, if you get a present from an aunt or uncle or a friend, like, great. But mm-hmm. let's just, like, fall on seven mm-hmm. and be okay with that. Yeah. Um, you know, seven times four, right? You've got that many gifts under the tree. Not that we accept, expect seven. I'm just right. giving yeah. an example because I think we get these ideas in our mind of like how Christmas is supposed to look. Right. And just having that conversation with my kids, it just gave that number. Yeah. Which is helpful for you guys. It was helpful for yeah. me because now I could see like, yeah. oh, we're all okay. Yeah. And then like that night before Christmas and I'm not like overthinking, do, do right. we have enough things to open? Yeah. No, that makes sense. And getting back to quality, not quantity. Right. And then um, I set like a wrapping station up. Yeah, so the kids so cool. can participate in the giving. Yeah, it looks great. It just, but it's just little things like that where I feel like I'm going into Christmas again. I'm not excited. Every mm-hmm. year Christmas happens, I think, oh, great. There's mm-hmm. just more excess. <laughs> yeah. More expectations, more, more excess, expectation. more letdown. <laughs> yeah. Like it just, the whole thing. It, yeah. it does not create or cult, it does n- not bring this Christmas magic that right. you're born and raised to believe in through right. movies, religious, whatever. Right. It's totally not impeccable with its word. Right. I get <laughs> Christmas that. is the lack of yeah, impeccability. I know, we digress, but my, um, that's one of the, I love New Year's because I'm like, fresh start, but you know, like, let's. Let's move past, you know, we can clean all that up. But what's been really cool over the years is like holidays when I was younger, I had a lot of expectations. There weren't clear communications. Um, You know, I kind of felt like a princess growing up, although that was like a self, like I put that, I landed on that myself. Nobody, (laughs) there was no reason why I should feel like that, but maybe you can relate. I know there's like, I'm not the only one out there who had great expectations for, you know, gifts are being treated really well. And so, of course, what happens when you do that? You're disappointed. <laughs> but that's, and that's so much of communication. Yes. So, like, aligning on expectations and just to sit with my kids and align on a number of gifts, it, it you know what? It created freedom again. We go back right. to when we have a clear understanding, we yes. are then free. Exactly. I was really thinking when you were speaking, I was like, one of the pillars of communication is clarity. You know, like being impeccable with your word, yes, but like, are you being clear? Are you asking for what you need? So often, I mean, I, I've i like transformed how I communicate. I used to communicate, if it's okay with you, or like ask a very passive aggressive question, like, do you think, are you free tomorrow at three to five? What I really am getting at is are you available tomorrow between three and five to help me out with the kids? Because whether or not they're free or not, that's their own business. I don't need to know if they have using what, the right yeah, words. Yeah, like let's just yeah. let's just say what we mean. Let's just say what we're getting at. I think it's so great that you brought that up because the awareness of that. Yeah. I mean, clarity at work, mm-hmm. clarity in personal interpersonal relationships. I mean, my I have a family relationship where just the words mm-hmm. men meeting and I'm not completely free of that right but I just I have to understand what's being said Mm -hmm. in order to function yeah and I also have to practice saying the right words even my kids are so great they're like mom what is it that you mean by that right and they'll 
Because I'll say, guys, do you want to when I really need them to? Yeah. Why am I asking them if it's an expectation? Right. And so they'll say no. <laughs> and I'll be like, well, that wasn't. They're like, well, you asked. That's so funny. And so like, they'll just be like, so no, I don't, I don't yeah. want to take yeah. care of the dishes. The dishes Would you like to do the dishes before we read a book or after? You know, right. <laughs> there's still some autonomy in that. Yes. Like being very mm-hmm. clear. I've had to like rewire my brain when mm-hmm. it came to, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the trash is going to go out. Are mm-hmm. we going to do this? Yeah. Before or after. Yeah. And I often find that you cannot do anything after so yeah it's so true I think when I they were younger they'd do be it. Like, they would do it before or after yeah. but now I'm like and this, this before is, this that is how we're doing it so we're gonna get this done before that next thing I mean those are really big phrases this before that that's mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. um and those are things that have really freed things space up for our kids to perform mm-hmm. um Sean and I just got the green light app where mm-hmm. it's like there are, um, you can put chores in there. Oh, cool. And then, like, you can, if you want to, you can put a money amount, and mm-hmm. then they can actually invest the money. It's cool. Oh, wow. Like, it's, like, a whole process. Nice. Um, my friend Rob uh, told us about it, and we're like, oh, my gosh, it's amazing. But the cool thing is, is it sets clear expectations. Yeah. And um, there are things that they need in life. Yeah. So we'll have them contribute to them by... Yeah having work you know so it's not that. just an allowance where they're just like yeah buying their own things like they have to put money towards certain things they're getting um it's been really just in this week I mean mm-hmm. they both came home and read for, mm-hmm. our house was like quiet for 25 minutes today it was insane yeah that's awesome yeah so like that app seems to represent just clarity and communication and and if we're on the receiving end of unclear communication because let's face it like nobody's perfect we don't always right. communicate clearly at all you know, if we're hungry, tired, you know, if something's going on, like communication can really, um, can struggle. So it's okay to ask clarifying questions if you're on the receiving end instead of becoming defensive right. or taking it personally or just something else that we wanted to talk about, making assumptions. Um, if you're not clear about what an expectation is or what somebody, like, how important is what you're saying? Is this an action that you feel I need to take? Like just asking clarifying questions. As well as acknowledging what they've said, you know, like I love to, if somebody is communicating with me about something that's difficult, this is not what I used to do at all, but I love to truly like truly thank them for sharing because it's hard. We all know it can be very difficult to share your truth sometimes, especially if there's some fear about what the outcome would be. So thanking them, I should thank my kids all the time for sharing. And then I acknowledge what they said and what their experience was. And then if I have any clarifying questions, I'll ask, you know, or, you know, we just segue into what's next. Well, and a lot of what you're doing is filling their emotional bank. Yeah. And that brings forward confidence, participation, and feeling valued. Yeah. And feeling good enough, right? Yeah. And if we're, you know, cutting our kids down or correcting them or doing, like we're taking away from their emotional bank. Right. So by taking those steps, you're actually filling up their bank. And I... Even today, I could feel like Luca's bank was a little low, mm-hmm. and I corrected him on two things, and it went lower, yeah. and I was like, okay, Oops. I need to fill yeah. that bank yeah. up this evening. Yeah. So it it is really gauging into that observation, but making assumptions, one of the things on um, the four agreements I learned is 
you know, we make assumptions all the time. We walk in a room and it's dark. We reach for the light switch and we assume the light's going to come on. Right. So part of me is like those neural pathways in our brain that are led to that assumption space. Mm-hmm. Like I often wonder, like it is a pattern deeply ingrained because mm-hmm. we do make assumptions every day that mm-hmm. when we turn on the shower, the water yeah. is going to come on. So trying to hold yourself accountable for making an assumption, that's deep work. Yeah. It's deep awareness Mm -hmm. because so much of it is a pattern Mm -hmm. that we might not even recognize we're doing. Right. And a lot of the like not making assumptions like in relationships, um, I think is, is just, is realizing that we're all, we're all human. We're all changing all the time. You know, we're not concrete. And so if somebody is experiencing something one day or they're able to show up for you one day in a certain way, they may not be able to in another day. Right. So, or just, so, you know, getting to a place where you're ready to be divorced is like a super painful experience and, um, communication, miscommunication can be a huge part of that journey. And like in my own personal experience, I like looking back on my, you know, 19 year old self when, when I met TJ and, you know, my young 20 self when I, when we got married, looking back on that, um, I think one of my own personal, um, I guess pitfalls and being able to have like a healthy relationship was I made so many assumptions, so many assumptions that like whatever his actions were, it was about me. It was just taking everything personally. If, you know, if he didn't call or didn't communicate in a certain way, it meant that, you know, it meant something negative about me and like just really making assumptions and like internalizing everything, which I mean, sounds like codependency and it probably was. Um, I would say I have recovered like traumatic, dramatically from a traumatic, you know, traumatic experiences with codependency just growing up. And, um, so you can't heal from that. If you're experiencing any type of codependency, like that is work that you can heal from because I feel like I'm completely on the other end, hopefully not too far on the other end, (laughs) which might be possible. But anyway, um, so yeah, making assumption assumptions, um, can really create stories in our head that are not true and they can destroy relationships, relationships with family. Maybe there's a parent in your life or, um, you know, a sibling, maybe they said one thing, on the wrong day and you're just like, Oh, that's it. You know, we're not even going to talk about that. That was a line that you crossed and I'm done. And maybe it didn't even mean that, you know, maybe it didn't even mean that at all. And, and so I really, I guess what I'm getting to is like, yeah, we don't make assumptions. And what do we do? We give each other a lot of grace. I mean, if we want to have peaceful relationships in our life, we get to choose what relationships we want to have in our lives. We don't have to hold space for anybody. Like it's our personal choice, what we are capable of, of having in our world after my dad died and like going through like a deep traumatic experience and like super heavy, intense grief. I cleaned up my relationships. I wasn't available for any type of BS. I mean, any, and, um, and that was uncomfortable. And, um, (laughs) It felt, it felt a little bad in the process, but not really. And it's not like I was like, oh, I can't be your friend. You know, it's just things shifted. Energy shifted. My focus shifted. There's natural shifts focusing on self-care and on healthy relationships. And in that process, when we give ourselves grace and we give others grace, because truly sometimes the kindest and most loving thing to do is to let go and not to hold on because we think we need to fill a void or we need to act a certain way to make somebody happy or please them. Um, sometimes that can be the most loving thing to do is to let go. 
But in that process, it's opened up so many other doors. Like, you know, this, like, relationship that I've had with Marsha for all these years that's been, you know, we've just been dipping our toes in, like, all of a sudden has, like, flourished. And it's, uh, there's so many other examples of that. Um, So I guess what I'm saying is trust, trust your gut, trust yourself. Don't make assumptions. No, and I love, I love what you're saying. I think it's funny, though, when (laughs) you hear let it go. And I know we've talked about this on prior (laughs) podcasts. So two things. One when when we need to let it go like that's a process right, right. that is practice yeah. right that's all, all the things like doing the yoga taking the 24 hours those are those are steps to letting something go so that you can come back to the situation without all the emotional attachments right right and so when you're so controlled by your emotions and you don't realize it it's like impossible to let something go right or if you're so deeply rooted in a core agreement which is a whole nother conversation right you are so kind of um what's the word being manipulated by yourself Mm -hmm. because of that agreement that you can't let go Mm -hmm. yeah at the end of the day it all comes back to us exactly right and i think the coolest thing is um when my old manager casey um told me about the core agreement she was just like Marsha, this is a process, you know, and like every time I'd practice it, I'd have these epiphanies and then I'd call her and I'd be like, oh my gosh, my mind is blown. Um, but yeah. So the other thing I wanted to say, the second thing was, is we push up a story, right? Mm -hmm. We said this earlier, push up a story and we have a choice. Mm -hmm. And so I think for us, like when we're getting to that point where we feel that emotional reaction, like recognize that is a story being pushed up from your brain Mm -hmm. that you have a choice. Mm -hmm. To believe it and follow it down the pathway to hell if it's the wrong story mm-hmm. or observe it and maybe like revisit it later. Right. Right. And that's what we're saying. And that's what's so powerful is to me, my biggest phrase with my kids is find your choice. Right. Because at the end of the day, you're being a slave to your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're being a victim to your thought in your thoughts. Like, are you? What role are you playing? Mm-hmm. I always say this to my kids: like, what role are we in? Mm-hmm. Are we being a victim? Are we being a hero? Like, where are our? Are we being a? You know, the rescuer? Are we persecuting someone right. <laughs> inappropriately? Like, are we in the ego? Right. Are we in a um, Cartman's drama triangle? But I think that is really important. What you said and. Um, I wanted to say something else about assumptions, but you know what? Since I'm not remembering what it is, it probably means we need to be done. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Yeah. Just to wrap up the, um, the value and the importance of communication. I mean, it all comes back to us and what we believe, how we react, how we respond and, and that if you're struggling in a relationship, whether it be with the child or a family member or partner, um, just to know that each conversation is an opportunity to start again and and to figure out who they are and not just who they are, but who you are. Right. Because so many times when people come into our life, we don't just get to learn about them. We get to learn about how we behave with them mm-hmm. and the stories that get pushed up into us and where are they coming from, right? Mm-hmm. And with our children, I mean, my gosh, my children have been my best teachers. Right. Oh, yeah. 100%. Same. And I just feel like having that 
patience of understanding where my daughter's coming from when she's having big emotions and finding a script. Literally, I would write a script down of like what I would say if she was having, because I was a robot. I didn't know how to support her in those big emotions because that's we're we're generationally shifting, right? Mm-hmm. So we can chat about that more, but it was like I would have to literally write things down and like follow a script mm-hmm. to get myself out of my old patterns. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, just one last thought example that just popped into my head. When we own our truth and and our reality um and we take actions to support that, it can be uncomfortable for other people. So after my separation after we separated and then as um even after the divorce there was still some really painful communication happening and um I ended up needing to kind of like just say that I'm not available um in this way because it's so easy to participate via text and email just in a really emotional way um but you know took it to the next level and this is like years ago probably maybe a year maybe two of um of using a secure and safe app that was supported, you know, by that was like a professional space that if needed, courts could view. So just saying, I didn't even know that was out there, but if you're like going through a tough time in a separation or a divorce and you're feeling like the communication is still very emotionally charged because obviously it's a very painful experience for both parties involved, um there are apps out there like talk to a mediator talk to a lawyer you can message me like they're free they're easy to use and it's just an easier safer space where i feel like it takes out the emotional context and so that actually really helped me learn how to communicate really clearly with my ex um was doing it in somewhat of a safe professional space and instead of on the phone where, you know, you could hear the tone because tone is very triggering for me, you know, like anything. I mean, and that that's just me. Like I'm very sensitive to that sort of thing. Um, and so to, to recognize what I needed to know that, Hey, that's, this is going to be a strong ask. This may not be something that he's down for. This is like pretty much taking away our communication freedom for a little while, but you know what it did is it really helped us heal. And I'd say for a while it was all hundred percent in the app. And then in the past six months or so, you know, texting, phone calls, in-person get-togethers. I mean, dang, how things have really shifted. Um, well, the thing is, is that anytime there is strong miscommunication, like even between our kids, it's creating a safe space. Right. And if we can't create that space, safe space, we got to, we have to set exp- boundaries. Right. And so what that app did is it basically created boundaries for you to re-engage in a safe place. Wait, because you knew the biggest thing is is when two people love each other yeah if that area exists yeah then you will communicate right so that i mean it gives me like a lot of ideas in a different way of like yeah. finding a safe space to communicate yeah where you're on your best behavior and you're not becoming that worst version of yourself exactly um for for reals, yeah. right? And a lot of that is these codependencies that right. we don't even realize or we do realize that we have in our life and that we potentially brought into our relationships and yeah. with marriage. And right. in this happily married for 14 years, I have to say, my husband would allow me to have my weird codependencies yeah. without it becoming his problem. Right. But he would find playful ways to bring it to my attention. Mm-hmm. Like, who are these people that we're talking about or... What, like, even if he was being playful with yeah. me and, like, would, like, maybe, yeah. like, 
smack my bum or something, yeah. I'd be like, oh my gosh, and I'd be mortified. Yeah. He's like, where are where are these where are your paparazzi that yeah. are like gonna come and like yeah, you know, why are you so embarrassed right. or why are you feeling all these big emotions? Right. Um, you know, or like attachments to people or yeah. things or being that hero and that constant mm-hmm. rescuer and having that addiction mm-hmm. and that drama triangle that I didn't even realize like mm-hmm. how deeply invested I was and how much it took away my choice, my intention, mm-hmm. right? And so he would just calmly say something super simple and super observant yeah like a radio announcer Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it would snap me out of it Mm -hmm. and I'd be like oh I don't Mm -hmm. know why I'm doing that you know and so like he wouldn't just give me space to work through my crazy he would also like kindly observe it Mm -hmm. so like if you are in a relationship where you are observing your partner like just in a kind way just be like I see that you're really spending a lot of time helping that person out like how Mm -hmm. is that feeling for you right just asking a question like Sean would ask me that like right and I'd be like, don't ask me that question. Now you're right. making me pay attention and be right. responsible for my choices. <laughs> right. How dare you? <laughs> oh. Yeah. And like ultimately all of this work, all this communication work, all this self-work, um, it's, it's hard to do if we're not taking care of ourselves, if we're not honoring our own values. So if you need any um, assistance in that area, if things are feeling out of balance, if you're not quite sure how to get into your own personal alignment for health and mindset and well-being, um, please reach out um, and, yeah, I'd be happy to um, chat with you about that as well. Thank you for tuning in today, and we look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Thank you. Bye.